0: Hello, and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have an Oscar-worthy show for you today. The 92nd Academy Awards were last night. We've got a recap. We've got our reactions. We've got a full breakdown of award winners for you. Next, we're going to review Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. And we're going to finish up the show with our schoolyard pick of birds. Let's do it. for joining us on another episode of popcorn for breakfast with me as always your co-host kirk it's me it's kirk and me cam it's you i'm your other co-host and today kirk today is the greatest day of my young life yes do you know why i do know why
1: you you have
0: you have turned the page that's right to a new chapter i don't i don't have to get a tattoo <laughs> and it's it's the biggest flex ever to be quite honest with you because i said that i said that let me remind jog your memory a little bit in case you've forgotten i said that in october yes it's february and marriage story was not a thing the irishman was not a thing those things hadn't been out parasite hadn't seen him parasite hadn't seen hadn't seen that one yet once upon a time nothing yeah, we well, once nothing. upon a time was out. Okay, just kidding. But I was like, listen, Joe Aquin's going to win this thing. He's going to win it. It's a done deal, and I'll get a tattoo otherwise. And guess what? He pulled it out because he's amazing.
1: I loved recording you. Um, oh, you, man. The the immense anxiety to just explosive celebration Made me such a happy man.
0: I got kind of lulled to sleep by the whole show. I was expecting to be, like, super nervous the whole time, but once the show started, I just kind of, like, you know, just kind of, like, fell into my routine, you know, a little bit. Yeah, you forgot it was coming. Right. And then there was that one commercial break where they were like, when we come back, we'll have original song and the award for best actor. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) And from that point on, I was destroyed. I was just like, I can't. I cannot do it anymore. Yeah. But, alas, I was triumphant, and here I am, and I don't have to get a tattoo. And I would have gotten it. You know that I would have. Oh, I know. I would have had
1: so much fun recording you getting a tattoo also. So I'm really hoping that you will just throw that on the table again sometime.
0: No. No. (laughs) I I mean, I can tell you right now, no more tattoo bets. That was horrifying.
1: I saw your wife, Jackie, this morning, and I said, hey, are you happy that... uh, Joaquin one and camera doesn't have to get a tattoo and she's like he was never going to get that tattoo oh she <laughs> as in as in she was never going to let you yeah, get. yeah i tattoo. know <laughs> i know she's so full of it she acts she
0: she talks a big talk she's she acts like she's tough she also said she'd never let me grow a beard <laughs> i've had this for like four years so yeah let's talk about that my devious plan that i revealed to you is that i was going to just get a tattoo of a of a black dot mm-hmm. and say that it was an Oscar statue. But that you had to use like a microscope to see it. That it was the tiniest have been That would have been awesome. Ever. But everyone would have hated me for that. But yeah. it would have been cool. But hey, it was a good night. It was a triumphant night. Joaquin gave a wacky, wacky speech.
1: Dude, the wackiest.
0: He decided to use his time to tell us about the evils of milk. And I was like, <laughs> why'd you have to go there, Joaquin? I like milk. Yeah. I like regular cow's milk and I just didn't feel like feeling ashamed of myself in that moment, but it hurt when I made my bowl of cereal this morning. I got to work and I opened the fridge where the milk was and I just kind of stared at it for a while. And I was like, Wucky.
1: you thought about every word in his speech, which uh, we won't repeat. I
0: know it was graphic. It Ooh. was horrifying.
1: It was more graphic than the entire film of the Joker.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, oh. it, it it shook me just like the Joker did. Shook me straight to my core. Yeah. But I, so let's let's recap the Oscars a little bit because it was a crazy night in all of the best ways, in my opinion. I thought amazing things were happening left and right. And we, we poke fun at Joaquin. But there was one nugget from his speech that I really liked. And here's the other thing. I'm going to come. I'm going to back up my boy, Joaquin, since he did me a solid last he night. He saved you. So, like, I put on for him, and then he put on for me by winning, and now I'm going to protect him again because people were, myself included, attacking his speech. I've come full circle. This dude has given, like, a hundred speeches this season, and he's had some really good ones, actually, the ones that weren't televised, unfortunately. Mm. He had some really good ones. He, He's talked about some serious issues, and Joaquin is one of these guys who, like, walks the walk, you know? Walks the line. But <laughs> um Um you know, he's not like a poser. He really, he like, he really means these things when he talks about like racial inequities and all that. Like he, he, he of all people is kind of for real, cow but here,
1: inequities. I don't inequities. know about the
0: cow stuff. I need to fact check that. I don't <laughs> know if he's been a cow advocate before last night, but maybe it just hit him. Like <laughs> maybe it did.
1: The Holy spirit came upon him and he said, the, I got to talk about the cows. Yeah, man. I got
0: 45 seconds and it's cow time, baby. Let's go. <laughs> but here was the part of his speech that I really liked for real like no kidding aside. This is a quote. Now I have been a scoundrel in my life. I've been selfish. I've been cruel at times, hard to work with and ungrateful, but so many of you in this room have given me a second chance. And I think that's when we're at our best when we support each other, not when we cancel each other out for past mistakes, but when we help each other to grow, when we educate each other, when we guide each other toward redemption, that is the best of community. And I was like, Yes. And then he followed up with that quote from River Phoenix, which almost made me cry because he was clearly like it hit him hard. And uh, yeah, I I mean, I I did not expect Joaquin to go after cancel culture either, but I'm so here for it. I mean, you and I make jokes about cancel culture on a regular basis on this podcast all the time, but it's seriously bad. Like the joke that um, Chris Rock made about like why aren't there hosts on the Oscars anymore because of Twitter It's so true and so, so sad. Mm -hmm. It's like we're so quick to just throw people out because they made a mistake. And like sometimes it's justified, but other times it's like, come on, people are going to screw up. Like there's no reason for this.
1: Yeah, it's very true. Um, Yeah, there was cancel culture going on through Chris Rock's speech and
0: through Steve Byrne's
1: speech. And other big moments of the night that didn't. Oh, the Shia LaBeouf thing. The Shia LaBeouf. Don't even get thing. me
0: started on that, dude.
1: I wanted to go after them as soon as I saw that he was trending. I was like, that's weird. And then people were attacking him, thinking that he was being mean to Zach, uh, his co-star. And no, he was not at all. And he, but the rest of the internet had already redeemed him. They're like, listen, he was in a movie called The Peanut Butter Falcon, and that kid saved his life. So yeah. you
0: back off. Like everybody loves Zach Gottsagen. If you know what these guys are about, you know that there was nothing but love going on there. And they were just stressed out. Like, they're both uncomfortable. That, yeah. that is an uncomfortable thing for Shia. Um, I saw that the director for Honey Boy came to his defense, and I was very happy. Mm-hmm. And she was like, listen, for those who are uneducated and are taking shots at a guy who really doesn't deserve it right now, like, Shia, just Shia, was offered the honor of presenting at the Oscars. He does not like that stuff. And so he said he would only do it if Zach Godzigen could come with him. Boom. So shut up, mm-hmm. idiots.
1: I saw someone else say, they said that it was a mother of um, of of a, she has a child who's on the spectrum, and she said, I, I understand what Shia was going through in that moment. You want them to do... The best at, at, right. at whatever they do, especially in like very structured societal moments. And so Shia was like cheering him on. He wasn't like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? He was like, you can do it. You can do it. So,
0: yeah, he was like, come on, buddy. You, you, like, you are, you're so much better than you think you are. Because I think what, yes. I think probably what Zach Gottsein was going through, which is what a lot of people go through in those moments, is like, it's stressful and scary. Like, you're being seen. There's and, like, like, you start to lose confidence in yourself. And, like, that's, um, that's a stressful time. It's like
1: 10,000 celebrities standing in front of you. <laughs> and you have to read a tiny screen that's, like, 45 feet away. Like, yeah, of course it's, anyone's going to mess up. I, I, I can't talk I was about, to, in, I in was this about to, like,
0: spend my night going after people if it hadn't. Like, I was glad that the tide quickly turned and, like, those uneducated jerks got shut down. Because that's a good example. Like, this can happen to good people um, not that Shia is perfect because nobody is, but, like, it can happen to people who have good intentions, too. It's not just, like, that's the thing. If you support cancel culture, like, you could be on the receiving end of that one day, for real.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Nobody's Nobody is safe from it.
1: We've probably already seen this happen, and <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the instance. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. So um, I like that that bit of Joaquin's speech because I think that's important, too. And I know that there's always lots of important issues talked about the Oscars, but not very many people are talking about that, so i give him respect his speech was totally nuts but that was that was a good one um it was an incredibly historic night at the oscars most notably bong joon ho who just put on for his country south korea and was just snagging up awards i mean parasite won best original screenplay best international feature film um which you talked about how people say like South Korea wins that award. I don't, I don't really get that. Shut up people. Like he's the one who made the movie.
1: The award strangely technically goes to the country, not to the producers or director or the writer of the film,
0: but he
1: is 100% fully a part of that. He created it. So, it's kind of like the Olympics. Like he is the gold medalist. Sure. Representing his country. Yeah. And then
0: in the aggregate. Yeah. I I agree. Yeah. And and he won for directing. And then of course, Parasite took home best picture, Mm -hmm. um, which I'll just give my take on this. That was the right thing to do. That was the, that was the right movie. And it was not my favorite movie of the year, but it was the most creative movie. It was the most original thing that we've seen. And it's going to be the most memorable movie out of all of those films. You know, from this year like if we ever look back at 2019 in film people are gonna see the name parasite on that list and go oh man that movie was crazy it's just totally inventive and new and that's the movie that should win yes regardless of whether you liked it or not which overwhelmingly most people did by the way so Um, what was your take on Parasite taking home the award?
1: I was so excited. We talked a couple episodes ago about how usually there's like this dissonance. If someone won best director, then someone else will win best cinematographer, then someone else will win best screenplay, and then someone else will win best picture. And we had best director, best screenplay, best picture. It was,
0: it was really interesting because we, yeah, we talked about it last episode. I said, I really think that Sam Mendes will win best director. We both agreed that we thought he was going to win best director. Yeah. Um, but I thought Parasite was going to win Best Picture, and that was going to be, like, the weird moment. And so when Bong took home directing, it was like the whole room knew at that moment what was about to go down. Like, that that was kind of the big moment because everybody knew, like, holy crap, Bong Joon-ho just won Best Director. Like, Parasite's a lock now. It's yeah. over. Um, cool moment. It was a really cool moment. And he was clearly stoked and not expecting it at all, which was also awesome.
1: And the fact that he had to give four different speeches last night, and,
0: and <laughs> no. he, they were all different and they were all funny
1: and they were all elegant. He's, he's incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Um, South Korea entered, entered the night with zero Oscars and walked away with four. So
1: tying Mr. Walt Disney. Yeah. That's insane.
0: That's insane. And I, I said it on Facebook too, but like Walt would be stoked. To share, you know, that honor with with Bong Joon Ho, who's such an amazing creator and just out of the box thinker. It's it's awesome, and he's just getting started too. Yeah, I mean, all this guy does is make good movies, just flat out. Um, and I have no reason to believe that he's going to stop, and he's going to have more money behind him now. It's going to be awesome. I mean, it's going to be like Alfonso Cuarón or Alfonso, or um, sorry, Al. Alejandro Iñárritu and yep. Alfonso Cuarón. That's where I'm getting mixed up. Both of those guys, you know, made these big, awesome movies. And then all of a sudden, all this money started flying their way and they just kept cranking out good stuff and they still are. So mm-hmm. um, it's great. It, this is this is what the Oscars is good for. It's like finding creators who wouldn't get the clout. Like that's, that's when they're at their best. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I was almost like scheduled tweet. (laughs) I'm gonna be mad about something because I usually am at the Oscars. Like, there's usually something to rage about. Um, But I felt like they did everything right last night.
1: Yeah, I really. There were there were times when I was hopeful that it would go another way. Like, I really wanted ScarJo to win over Laura Dern. Yep. I'm over it. It's fine. I'm um, I'm gonna live. But I wasn't mad because Laura Dern still did, did a great job. Yeah. There wasn't any undeserving award. That's I would right.
0: Say. That's right. Anytime there was somebody who won who you didn't think was going to, you're like, ah, they still deserve it. Cause it was just a great year for film Yes, and just like, I know that there are some of the nominees, you know, we'd rather have people here and there and whatever, but like out of the slate that we were given, I thought that there was a really fair and excellent job done. Um, here's a topic for you. Streaming bias, streaming bias, Kirk. Let me share a little factoid with you. Um, Netflix entered the night with 24 nominations. Insane. That's up from 15 last year, eight the year before that. In 2018, they had eight nominations and one win. In 2019, 15 nominations and three wins. Last night, 24 nominations and two wins. Wow. Those stats come courtesy of Sean Phinnessy from The Ringer. Um Two two awards, and one was Laura Dern, and the other was the documentary. So not the Irishman; it was the documentary American Factory. Hmm. Are you surprised by that? And do we think that this is substantial enough to justify a streaming bias? I think there might have been some, uh, what do you would call it, uh, some uh,
1: some politics happening behind the yeah, scenes. You it know, could, it could be all of the big wigs who are saying. Uh, no pun intended to your last name. All the big wigs, they're going around, they're saying, hey, listen, we need to shut the streaming people down. So sh- vote for this film. Vote for a theatrical release film, please. Yeah. I mean, The Irishman was talked about so heavily throughout awards season and then walked away with
0: nothing. Yeah, I know. Nada. I mean, for, for the majority of award season, I feel like it was the best picture frontrunner. Yes, you know, like all of the odds makers were slating it at the top. And then over the last month, it just really started to shift mm-hmm. to 1917. And then that didn't even take home the award. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think I need one more award cycle of similar behavior before I'm like, okay, this is a conspiracy because I just don't have a great argument for it yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that there's an establishment in place and that there's probably more money to be made off of distribution and all of those things whenever it's not just Netflix. But a lot of these people who vote for the Academy are actors, actresses, just people, you know, like, yeah. And, and I saw somebody say, well, the other movies do better in these kinds of things because, um, you know, it's, it's more cinematic. And so watching it in a cinema and I don't buy that because a lot of these guys are watching on screeners. Mm-hmm. you know they get sent the film as a dvd or whatever in the mail and they watch it at home
1: but i guess they have like a 90 foot screen in their
0: home Maybe yeah that's i, I the mean <laughs> i mean like if if it truly was that you could only see certain ones in theaters and you could only see ones at home i would buy that because i talked about that we've talked about that a lot you know like how it's hard to watch a movie at home it's not as good of an experience because you're not as locked in yes um but that's not what's happening in these instances you know um it's very interesting. I'll say that. It's interesting. It's interesting. I'm starting to come around on that theory. But I, I, don't, I, I can know, just, see yeah.
1: Scorsese with like a black mask. Like, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, you there over Mr. Spielberg. Let's talk about the votes tonight.
0: But wouldn't you think that like Scorsese would be the guy that would like change that? I don't know. Like he's a huge establishment filmmaker, the greatest living director. Yeah. You know, like him going to Netflix should be like. Okay, whatever beef we had with Netflix, that's over. This is like the changing of the tide. This is this is the new world. I th-
1: I thought it would bridge the gap, but obviously it didn't. At least know. last night. I know.
0: I know, I know. It's it's interesting. Like Marriage Story got no love outside of Laura Dern. Irishman got no love. It's it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, other other history making moments. The Laura Dern did win. Netflix its first Oscar in an acting category, so mm-hmm. that's that's big. Um, Cynthia Erivo was vying for the EGOT, you know, the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony quad quadruplet. Yes, is that a word? It is now quartet, quattro. I quad- don't know. She didn't get it. Is basically what I'm saying. She will at some point, right? She will. She's like pretty remarkable at all things. She sang like so beautifully last night it was insane
1: the first feature film she was in was in 2018 it's now 2020 and she was nominated, she for, was a best nominated for best actress
0: <laughs> yeah no, I, I think it's safe <laughs> to say we're gonna see you got in her future maybe, yes maybe a few of them who knows who knows she's she's big time um taika waititi won for best adapted screenplay for jojo rabbit and became the first person of maori descent to do so i thought his speech was really cool talking about um, indigenous Indigenous kids and keep your hope alive and it's something that I just hadn't thought of before and I was like that is really really cool one so of the, good for him
1: one of the coolest parts about Taika was he <laughs> when he went back to his seat Brie Larson tweeted a video of him tucking his Oscar underneath the seat in front of him so he could watch the rest of the show Yeah, he was just like <laughs> He's Here like, okay, get this under there. All right, and then you just sat back down. It was incredible. We look up Brie Larson on Twitter, and the video is exploding. Yeah, it's so he's,
0: good. He's just perfect. Yes. It's like you can't find anything wrong with the guy. He's <laughs> just like a totally perfect dude. Um, we talked about Parasite, which was obviously the big winner. Um, first foreign language film to win Best Picture. That's That cannot be understated. That's enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw some people online saying The Artist Uh, That was a silent film, so (laughs) that does not count, even though it was made in France or had a French director or whatever, does not count, so um, good try, though, but South Korea taking home the award there, that's huge, and uh, here's here's a really interesting factoid, Avengers Endgame was nominated last night for Best Visual Effects, is that right? Yes. It did not win and became the first film to hold the title... Of highest grossing film to not win an Oscar. Whoa! Every other film that has been the current holder of highest grossing film, one: Avatar, Titanic, Jurassic Park, E.T., Star Wars, Jaws, The Godfather, The Sound of Music, Gone with the Wind, all won Oscars. Man. Avengers Endgame did not. That's a
1: terrible title to have now.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the superhero hating thing, I don't know where I fall on that, because I never expect to see those movies, like, scooping up Oscars, but also, when I watch movies like Avengers Endgame, I'm like, why couldn't this be Oscar worthy? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I get that it's not the blueprint Oscar movie. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like Judy, which is a movie that's, like, designed to win, oscars or ford versus ferrari or something like it's it's different but like why not
1: yeah they're not they're not uh, complete reflections of the human behavior right they are uh, hyper extended steroids supernatural stuff yeah just like sensory overload yeah yeah but they were all most of them were done really well so yeah really
0: good storytelling
1: great acting well acted give credit where credit is due i agree I mean, if we think about, you know, what the blueprint is, right? So, Parasite, technically, is not the blueprint because it's... No, I don't think so either. It's not a horror film by any means, but it is chilling. Um, you know, Silence of the Lambs broke that mold years and years ago as yeah, well. Yeah, you're right. So, that's what I kind of thought when, when this started winning all these awards. I was so like... So,
0: that's a really, really good point, Is is how not a best picture, not like i don't that's i'm phrasing that horribly but like how this one doesn't fit the mold out of the box yeah it's um the oscars kind of does this it's like a correction like once every few years a movie comes along that wins that's not like the typical oscar film and we were kind of in need of a correction because like green book one great movie but you can see why that one wins best picture mm-hmm. we had a few in a row where like You were getting like, okay, I can see why that one best picture, but I don't necessarily agree. And then something like Parasite or like No Country for Old Men or like The Silence of the Lambs wins. That's just like this totally outside of the box. Like it has to win because it's just screaming, look at me, look how awesome I am. Um, I'll be interested to see how this factors into future years because this was honestly the first time in recent memory I can remember watching the Oscars and not being super ticked off about something afterwards.
1: Yeah, the whole thing. It was, it was as expected, which you like little surprises, but you don't like annoying surprises.
0: Right, like that person should not have won.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I saw nice. people
0: getting super mad. I, I saw a podcast that will remain nameless because I'm not going to shame name them. <laughs> I'm not going to shame another podcast because I wouldn't want anybody to do that to me. But they were like trashing Renee Zellweger and like why is she winning? And what? I was like, what? And their reasons were, it's a bad movie. She gives weird speeches. They literally said that she gives weird speeches and, um, her perform. she's just a famous person acting as another famous person. And I was like, well, none of those are good reasons. I mean, Judy is an objectively pretty good movie. It's not like the greatest movie ever. It has some issues, but like It checks a lot of boxes that good movies should check. Renee Zellweger gave a great performance regardless of who she was being. Why does that factor in? And why in the world would speech giving quality (laughs) like is that on the rubric when you vote for best best actor? No Uh, speech proficiency. No, (laughs) like shut up.
1: I don't know. Also, she's two for four on Oscar nominations to win. So claiming that she's not a good actress. Sit down.
0: Yeah, she's fantastic. I I don't know, and and it's I mean, as I get mad about somebody's movie takes, it's not super flattering to get like big mad about stuff as petty as movies. <laughs> like I, I like to think that on this show we don't get that angry about stuff very often. We just kind of like pal around and I just get mad give at our takes at
1: dumb opinions, and that yeah. is a dumb opinion. <laughs> I don't know. That was the one I was
0: like cringing so hard whenever I watched that video because I'm like, why are we attacking Renee Zellweger? She did a great job. I don't understand so what if you didn't like the movie that I don't know anyway had to throw that in there Mm -hmm. anything else we're missing from the Oscars I mean Roger Uh, Deakins won for the second time in three years that's pretty cool he's a baller shot caller um yeah I mean it it was it was pretty good the cats thing oh my gosh we'll talk about the cats thing um I'm I'm anti no host. I want I want hosts in the future.
1: How could they go through rehearsals and see Steve Martin and Chris Rock get up there and not restructure the entire show? I know. They were hilarious together.
0: They basically gave the de facto monologue Yeah, and it was awesome. Um
1: I want to see like a Netflix special of those two together. Oh yeah, TV. I mean
0: it's it'd be great. Uh uh Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph were hilarious. Oh. Um will Farrell and julia louis dreyfus <laughs> were hilarious and then i think you know rebel wilson and james corden coming out in character as the cats I mean, it was hilarious it's they, just start, funny they started stuff.
1: hitting the microphone as they were batting it like cats and oh i was dead they did it for like 30 <laughs> straight seconds so <laughs> like i thought they were gonna break the mic the and sound
0: no... engineer had to have been like i hate everything why is this happening <laughs> on my stage it was so great um that brings us into what's popping, actually. On on that topic, <laughs> the v- Visual Effects Society, this is a thing. Did you know this, Kirk? Sounds like the, a cult. The Visual Effects Society um, was not pleased with their statements last night, saying they're the quote, I'll, I'll actually paraphrase. I won't say it the quote. They basically said, as actors in the movie Cats, we know how important it is to have good visual effects, and everybody laughed. Yes. Um, that was kind of like their opening line. Um, the Visual Effects Society was not not pleased, and they clapped back in a major, major way in an official statement this morning.
1: Oh. And
0: they basically slammed Cats for having a terribly written story and being poorly directed, and that n- no amount of visual effects could have saved <laughs> that movie. I was like, Dang. <laughs>
1: Did Andrew Lloyd Webber clap back yet?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Andrew Lloyd Webber has 24 hours to respond. <laughs> and Tom Hooper's probably sitting at home like, crap, now I got to deal with this? Like, I was just sitting at home. Why, like, why? Like, everyone hates my movie. I just wanted to move on with yeah, my life. He's like, my life has been a living hellscape ever since <laughs> December when this movie at theaters. And now I have to deal with this? Oh, man. I just thought that was hilarious. So I had to throw it into What's Poppin'. I'm like... They, I, I actually when they said that I was like, wow, that's probably gonna offend a lot of people in that room because I don't know like just like taking shots at visual effects is kind of a bold move in general.
1: Yeah, regardless of how terrible it is. I mean those guys just were told, hey, do this. And they yeah. said, "All right, we'll work on it. We'll do the best we can." And they were given direction on how they wanted it to look. Right. They even changed it after the first trailers came, much like the Sonic debacle. Yeah, right. So it's not really their fault. Uh, I understand. I understand both sides of it. It yeah. was poorly collaborated all together.
0: I mean, Cats is like when you've <laughs> when you've got gotten to the point where the actors are punching <laughs> it now. I mean, that that it hasn't even been two months in this since <laughs> this movie came out, and it's just like open season everybody's taking <laughs> shots at it because they're like screw this movie we're out we're trashing it
1: it used to be like two decades before you could trash like a movie oh yeah once in and that was bad but now
0: no they're just going for it open season yeah that's hilarious um more what's popping that's also related to the oscars mark ruffalo is being considered for the hbo series adaptation of parasite so hbo is adapting parasite into a series for for their network. No idea if this is multiple seasons, if it's a mini series, whatever. Um, Bong Joon-ho is the showrunner. I don't know that he's like the director per se, but he is the showrunner. I mean, it's his story and they're considering Mark Ruffalo. So that leads to all kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. It's like, is this going to be, which I've kind of been wondering, like, what is the story here? Is it the same story, different family? different country i mean if mark ruffalo's in it you would seem to think that this is like the american version right of parasite but i don't know
1: i'd I'd rather it just be still in south korea
0: they should just do like they should do like a true detective thing where every season it's like a different story that would be fine and like that parasite concept so i don't want to spoil the movie at all but like the idea of like a parasite could be translated into multiple different ways and like Bong Joon-ho has already made tons of films about clash struggle in South Korea so why wouldn't he just continue to do that and just like use the that like through line of parasite as a connecting theme but mm-hmm. not the same exact story that could be kind of cool
1: yeah like we see a snippet of one of the scenes from parasite and in the background there's an extra and they like zoom in on the extra and then we follow them through their tale right. of class struggle that'd be dope I'd, I'd love that but
0: i mean if mark ruffalo's involved in this we know it's not south korea so i guess we'll have to wait he's and not get more on that he's not south korean at last check i don't think he's south korean okay. um but i'll maybe i can do like a 23 and me or yeah. something like that well
1: ancestry.com and a little dna and yeah and may
0: that's right. <laughs> Stupid. He just took a DNA test, turns out. He's 100% that. not <laughs> South Korean. So, there you go. Um, next one. Clue. What? That's right, Kirk. Clue. What? They're rebooting Clue. Wow. And they want James Bobbin to direct it. He directed The Muppets. He directed Dora the Explorer. Wow. And... Who do they want to star in it? Hmm. Ryan Reynolds. Oh. <laughs> of course. Um, as Tim Curry. I'm not against that. What are your thoughts on Clue? Here's Well, here's, here's the big question. Are they going to do the thing with the different endings in different theaters? They have to. That would be awesome. Or
1: something just as interesting.
0: That would be amazing.
1: Because that is unprecedented and has not been done since.
0: They should have done it with Knives Out. For sure.
1: The ap- missed opportunity.
0: Would have been awesome. I would have driven to different states or whatever I had to do to see the other endings. Yeah.
1: I I don't see... Like, is Ryan Reynolds being helmed for the butler?
0: I don't know that it's going to be like a straight remake. Okay. Maybe we'll have like a Jumanji thing going on here. Because Clue is like... It's Clue. You know, it's like a board game. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could do different things with it.
1: Yeah, I get... If they go in that direction and, you know, the guy who did if, it, if it's the same director as Dora, then there's some good satire, good sarcasm, good heightened awareness that it could work
0: yeah Muppets Muppets too, yes, he, he has good he has a good um keen eye for self awareness in film, which could be really good for clue mm-hmm. actually um it's a good point, so yeah that i'm I'm kind of down for it,
1: shocking, but we'll see how it plays out, yes, there's a strong opinion for me right there
0: <laughs> well <laughs> shocking. <laughs> um okay last bit of news and this goes straight into our review killing it with the segues today love it birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn hi mr j that was really good thank you i'm impressed
1: what if i just talk like this for the rest of my uh
0: (laughs) no my review cam no nope (laughs) don't like that what's your news oh i hate I hate everything. I should have just not said anything about this movie. Um, it only earned $81 million globally, which is extremely low for a superhero movie, especially like I think Joker earned $90 million on opening night. Ouch. Domestically.
1: For Bob, Sorry. Not for Joker.
0: Ouch. Yeah. So it did not do well. I think there are a number of factors like first of all, it's Oscar weekend. Mm. So like people are trying to watch those movies and a lot of those movies were still in theaters. Like, Star Wars is still in theaters also. Bunch of movies coming back into theaters. You have, like, like just a bunch of weird things. was a bad, bad, bad weekend to release this movie.
1: Should have moved it one weekend.
0: Also, the name of this movie. Why is it called Birds of Prey? It should be called, what should it be called? Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey.
1: Yes. Much better title.
0: Right? Because I don't think, I don't think casuals know what this movie is. Like, if you're just scrolling, like, the Marcus Theaters app or whatever, you wouldn't know.
1: And you just see the text, Birds of Prey. You're like, huh, whatever. Right. Moving on.
0: Well, you wouldn't know. So, they're actually, um, today they announced they're actually going to change the name in all of the- um, Stop it. Software systems. So, all of the major theater software systems, they're changing the name to Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey.
1: As they should. Right. That's Uh, what they
0: should have just done from the beginning-
1: it's just like <laughs> it's just like the the movie Edge of Tomorrow but that it, this is reverse cuz Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt is a great name for a film. I loved that. And they <laughs> they renamed it to what was it live die repeat stupid name for a movie
0: right because the the graphic novel or whatever that it's based off of is called live die repeat edge of tomorrow yeah which is horrible it's too many words (laughs) and it makes no sense and then yeah they renamed the movie after it already went through theaters and i was like edge of tomorrow is kind of a cool vague name
1: yes and you know you, you pair that with the trailer you put tom cruise and emily blunt's face on it yeah, I'm going to see that movie. That movie's awesome. And it's so good. <laughs> I,
0: well, I really love that movie. It's I, it's very good.
1: I bought it like immediately. Yeah,
0: yeah, I own the Blu-ray and it says Live Die Repeat on the side of it. I'm like, this is dumb.
1: <laughs> you should you should call the company uh, the production company and say, "Hey, I'd like you to reprint this for me."
0: Yeah, this is not the movie that I ordered. I ordered Edge of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. you see. Like 10 years later. <laughs> 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 They'd be like, "What? <laughs> Who is this?" Um, so let's talk about Birds of Prey. Let's this do is it. our This is our review for this week. Um, I get to go first this week Mm -hmm. because you went first last week. So I'll go straight in with my tweet synopsis. Harley and Mr. J have gone their separate ways. Little did Harley know her newfound freedom comes with a substantial target on her back. When she gets captured by crime Lord Black Mask, she makes a deal to get out of a tight spot. Wonderful. We're in a tight spot. Yes, we are. Like, uh, oh, brother, where art thou? Mm-hmm. I say that like 13 times a day. That's probably why I wrote it, because it's just always in my head. Like, that <laughs> line is always in my head forever.
1: It's going to creep into all of your synopses like, now. That is
0: a hilarious scene, man. <laughs> when they're like when they're in that barn trying to... Oh, uh, it's so funny.
1: <laughs> uh, can I read mine as Harley Quinn? And then
0: I won't do the yes, voice anymore. Yes, but then that's the end of it. That's it for you. <laughs> After distancing
1: herself from the Joker, Harley Quinn sets off on an adventure... T- to escape a parade of criminals she previously wronged. Along the way, she meets several other vigilante women on the wrong side of the law, looking to reclaim her power in the corrupt city of Gotham.
0: Wow. That, it's scary how good you are at that. That actually bothers me.
1: But, but why is that impressive? Because I'm impersonating a female. <laughs> impersonating <laughs> I mean, a comic book character. It's
0: still impressive. <laughs> it's, it's actually very disturbing. I'll take it. Well done.
1: You know what? Uh this is my audition for <laughs> any any future Margot Robbie voiceover ADR you can work. The,
0: you could be yeah, you could be the backup. <laughs> You'll just yeah, you're gonna get a call from DC animation tomorrow and they're gonna be like, Hey, listen. So we got this new Joker movie coming out. <laughs> and you're like perfect. I'm all for it. Perfect. <laughs> wow. That it, it does bother me. But great job. I mean, kudos to you. Um yeah, so this movie because I always like to give a synopsis after the tweet synopsis because <laughs> <laughs> it defeats the whole purpose of that portion. Um, it's about Harley Quinn who has broken up. Well, th- the Joker dumped her, right? We never see the Joker because the Joker is Jared Leto, and nobody wants to see Jared Leto. We
1: don't even see his face. We see the back of his hair. At nobody one point.
0: wants to be a Squidward. That's what that. That's what that is. Um, yeah, we do see the back of his head, don't we? And it's definitely not Jared Leto. And just
1: like the smallest bit of the back of his head. Yeah.
0: So they're broken up. Harley's all broken up about it. She goes on a rampage to be like, I'm free. But then everybody like wants to kill her because they're like, you're not affiliated with the Joker anymore. You're donezo, which leads down this path of like all kinds of craziness. And that's kind of the story of the movie. Anything to add? Nope. Great. Let's go into the Oscar goes to. I am giving the Oscar to Miss Margot Robbie. Have I been seeing Robbie this whole time? I don't know. Okay, I hope not. I can always do that. With her? Yes. It's so easy because you say Margot. Why. Yeah. Roby. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie gets the Oscar. I thought she was really good. I mean, I thought she was even good in Suicide Squad, which is a ginormous dumpster fire of a terrible movie. Um, I... Yes, it was hard to watch this movie and not think of that bad movie because it's the same character, but she delivers a really good performance. I am really starting to like Margot Robbie just in general. She has range and she has guts, man. She will just take on all these different roles. Like she doesn't just stick in one box. She's obviously like known for being like a beautiful blonde actress but doesn't just take those roles i have mad respect for that um she was incredible as sharon tate she was incredible as tanya harding she's incredible in this movie um i haven't seen bombshell yet i'm certain that she's great in that she's just really very talented and when you're talented and you have range like that's that's insane and she carries this entire film i mean she really does we'll talk about it later i'm sure um this movie does not work without her not even close she's honestly the perfect casting decision for harley quinn i think they should i think she's money for for dc and i know that this movie isn't performing well but i think that character you know if you can put her in batman movies if you can put her in other films like that's a good pairing. I think she does a really great job.
1: She's one of the only people we haven't heard in the giant list of the Batman with Robert Pattinson,
0: which like, if you don't put her in that film, that's a huge, huge miss. Uh I just really think it is. I think that she is like, I know people have compared it to Deadpool, but I think that she could be the second biggest moneymaker behind Batman that DC has. If they play their cards, right. I really do think so. She's very likable character. And They've written her pretty well, generally. Even even in Suicide Squad, like I think they did a good job with that character, and like I just said, Margot Robbie does a brilliant job. So I mean, I think it would behoove them to include her as often as possible.
1: Yeah, she's primed and ready. I also picked her for Best Actor. Uh, she's primed and ready. She should be. She could be inserted any moment into the batman at any beat uh, and enhance the scene because all the other characters while they're fantastic actors are just stabilizing their characters there yep uh, whether it is batman himself robert battinson or any of the other various villains coming in so i think she did an excellent job um sometimes you forget that that's not her real voice because yeah right so spot on uh there were a couple moments that i didn't like but i think that was to the writing and not to her um she produced this movie by the way she's got a, a company called i think lucky chap or something like that
0: yeah something like that i can't remember exactly
1: and she this is her her biggest film that her her production company has produced it i think it was about 75 million so at least she made her money back <laughs> on on the budget for on yeah. the first weekend so yeah, sure. um yeah I really can't can't say too much more too much too many bad things about her. She's got some poor choices in movies sometimes. I yeah, think, that's true. I think she's just saying yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that just to get the experience, even though I don't think she needs it. I think she can pick and choose.
0: I think it's like Robert Downey Jr. Actually, I was thinking about that when I was watching this movie because she does take bad roles. Mm-hmm. And I think um, we see Robert Downey Jr. take bad roles because he wants to challenge himself and he and he does have great range and so he wants to, like, get out there. Um, I think that kind of started with, like, Sherlock Holmes. Like, he knew that he could be successful doing something outside the box. But, like, things like Doolittle <laughs> and some of the other projects he's taken up, like, bro, you don't need to be doing that. You no. know, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> like, do good projects and, and win awards. Like, you're capable of it. And yes. Margot Robbie's absolutely capable of it, so... Yeah, I, I'm with you. Pick better projects for sure.
1: That's that's next on her list. If you're listening, Margo, pick better projects. Bet on
0: yourself, Margo. That's right. You got it. All right, scene stealer. I'm going with Journey Smollett-Bell, who played Black Canary. I thought that um, out of the supporting cast, she was really the only one that just kind of sh- kind of popped when she was on screen. She had a very defined character. It was a pretty one-dimensional character in a lot of ways. Um, but she really operated within the confines of that character and defined like a really solid character. So that that's good. I think sometimes when you're, and I think uh, I'm just going to say it, the writing in this movie is not great, um, especially from a dialogue perspective. So I think when you talk about like some of the scenes where Margot Robbie didn't get a chance to shine as much, I think it was the writing letting her down. And I think that sometimes whenever, like this character could have been more than how they wrote it. Um, but I thought that journey did a great job of just kind of like taking what she was given, making the most out of it. She did it with a lot of style, like a lot of pizzazz. She had a very specific like fighting style and the whole thing was just very consistent. And so I thought that, I thought that she was good. She was a good flavor to add to the movie, especially in terms of her attitude that she brought. Um, so she's my pick for scene stealer.
1: I think we're going to have a lot of the same picks for this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I also picked Journey. Journey Smollett-Bell, a.k.a. um, the controversial Jesse Smollett from uh, Empire. They are brother and sister.
0: Oh, really?
1: Oh, yeah. Also, a.k.a. Michelle Tanner's BFF on Full House. No. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whoa.
1: Blue, my stinking mind. Also... Yeah. Robin Williams' fellow classmate in Jack
0: dude you're dropping some major bombs on me am I am I am the Winona Ryder gif where she's looking around confused I'm like that's me right now
1: I stared at her the whole I mean, obviously because it's the movie it's the movie theater yeah. I was watching her and I was like you look so familiar I'm loving what you're doing who are you what have I seen you in scroll to the bottom of our IMDB list like I always do with, with people I'm trying to figure out who I don't know and I see Full House I'm like wait 14 episodes and I'm going through it it's like oh my gosh it's the camping episode it's the, the episode with the dinosaur that they take down because they realize it's st- dude, she looks exactly the
0: same, right? I'm so <laughs> shook. I'm so, so shook.
1: Chew on that for a minute. She she was incredible, she had such presence in those roles as a child, and then to see her, uh, as, as a grown woman and, and take this role on, I thought she was incredible. Uh, I thought she had this air of mystery to her. Um, before they reveal that she is the Black Canary, uh, which is a f- famous, uh, fantastic DC character, yep. Before they do that, you're you're just like, what's what's her backstory? What's going on? What are we gonna see from her? Um, she uses her real singing voice in this movie. And, yeah, she sounded great. Incredible. What I can't remember what song she sang. Uh, it's a pretty famous song. Can't remember it. That's okay. So she, whatever it is, she was incredible. I, I yeah, wouldn't I be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if she had an album out or something like that.
0: Yeah, she's multifaceted.
1: Yeah the thing about fighting style so true uh she she had her own it was like
0: a very like kickboxy style of fighting yeah it wasn't yeah it didn't look like it looked very natural mm-hmm. it didn't look over choreographed or anything like that i thought it was legit
1: she does this high leg kick and then like drops it on the back of someone's neck that just blew my mind yeah
0: that's the office space fax machine <laughs> heel drop move there <laughs> that's
1: that's a classic uh anyways if, if when you watch this movie, watch Margot, watch Journey. I think we're gonna, we're, we're rooting for Margot to pick better movies, and I'm rooting for Journey to get noticed because she was fantastic. I
0: think she will. I mean, she, she really left her mark. I think Ewan McGregor did a good job in this movie, too. He, I mean, in my opinion, he did. It, it was a very different role for him. Um, and I think the writing was bad. So I, I give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt for that, but I thought there were a lot of scenes where he brought it.
1: I'll talk about that in director's shoes. Yeah.
0: So I want to go into showstopper first and I'm going back to the fight sequences and not just the fight sequences, but just like any sequences of action and the overall production value. I know that, um, at times we've talked about fight choreography. I'm not talking just about that here. They did some really good, um, slow motion, like, uh, slow motion shots and, um, just like really creative action too. Like there's a scene where, uh, Harley is, running through the police station like shooting people with the beanbag shotgun and like launching these confetti bombs and stuff and it's just a really fun awesome scene and that's really what sticks out that's the one thing i will remember about this movie i think is that it's a lot of fun like when well, you're kind of whenever they're moving from big action sequence to big action sequence you're kind of like okay this has some issues you know there's some there's some not great dialogue. There's some not great writing. Okay. Um, but then once you get to the action sequences, you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> super fun. Like people using giant hammers and ridiculous weapons. and Everything's very colorful and not super gory. Um, so it's, it's very stylish. It's very fun. Just really, really well done. I think that was the thing that they – clearly put a lot of emphasis into is like we want these fight sequences to be awesome and they were all the action was was rock solid.
1: hmm Yeah. Same, same thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. The exact same thing. Uh I liked how they one of my favorite things I've talked about it before is when you when a fight choreographer and the actors use found objects. So they're not just using weapons themselves, but they're just grasping at things to take down the enemy. And uh I can't even remember all the specifics because in every single scene they were grabbing things just like like someone would run into a table and all the things would fly off it. They'd grab it. They'd hit someone over the head and it happened so fast that you just couldn't pinpoint all the things. It was, it's one of my favorite, um, stage combat, uh, techniques is found objects, taking someone down with whatever you can grab. Yeah. Um, and of course, when Margo picks up her giant mallet, whack a mole hammer and just, starts I know you're kind of waiting for that <laughs> moment and you're
0: like, Oh yeah.
1: Destroying people. Uh, yeah, that's, that's mine. Great no need to elaborate
0: (laughs) moving into director shoes. Yeah. We're kind of like it. If you see this movie or if you've seen this movie, it will make sense to you because there's just like, this movie lacks a little bit of identity outside of those things. And it's like, there are, you know, two people who just really shine above the rest in terms of cast. And it's pretty obvious to, I think most people. And then from, from an actual movie, like, quality perspective it's like the action's great but then everything else you know is kind of like mostly forgettable so my director shoes i'm going with the writing but specifically uh person-to-person interaction because that's where it's really weak i actually think pacing was okay i think the the beginning is a little bumpy for sure but ultimately like the plot is cohesive and makes sense end to end like where you start and where you're you're like, okay, you know, and there's good milestones in there. Like, so it's, it's hard to say that there's a good plot and good pacing, but the writing was bad. But I really do think that the actual dialogue and the words they were using to talk to each other was really choppy. And I think the scenes where there's like extended dialogue between. Margot Robbie in another character, I would bet that a lot of that she improvs because it's just, it's so much better than the rest of the characters when they talk to each other. It just is. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's where I think it, it really lags and it's the most notable. There are other things with this movie. Like there are some really poor supporting cast members in this movie for sure. Um, specifically two of the members of the birds of prey who are just, hard to watch in this movie and i don't know if it's the writing i it's not i i I, i'll just say (laughs) and you know i don't like to criticize people (laughs) because it starts to feel personal but mary elizabeth winstead i'm just not a fan i'm just i'm just not i can't like i've now seen her in two bad like two two bad performances in a row gemini man and this and both times she was really really bad and so i have to believe that part of that is her and 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 this character was even a hard character to be badass because like it had like they wrote it with very little personality and even still it was drier than it should have. <laughs> i don't know so yeah supporting cast is an issue too um but i do think the biggest drawback is the is the actual dialogue yeah
1: wonderful i have a laundry list let's start it was inconsistent um, they had these flashbacks that weren't executed very well. They kind of mimicked Zombieland, like kill of the week. Yeah. That's how I, how I saw those. I was like, okay, I can get on board it with this. It was them
0: trying to do Deadpool. Okay. It was, I mean, it, it, it felt very derivative in that sense.
1: Yeah. And it God, it worked about, um, about 50%. Uh, it was 50% effective. Um, so when she does this, there she's got these victims of criminal victims coming after her that made no sense. Sometimes ones that she injured like less than 30 seconds ago mm-hmm. in the film itself and them attacking her felt very forced and barely fit into the overall plot. Um, there were moments when Harley Quinn was trying to be more of a real person and I absolutely hated it. I thought that I was going to be down for it. I kind of enjoy those moments. Um, there have been characters that I've even done on stage where that happens, where they're like super silly. And then all of a sudden they have this moment of realness. And I really enjoy those moments normally. I didn't like it for for this character. I just mm-hmm. want her to be, hey, Mr. J, it's me, the whole time right. and nothing else. I thought Chris Messina seemed more evil than Ewan McGregor. He was oh. the, he was the sidekick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that the the main villain should always be more evil than the sidekick, than the main henchman. Um, I hate Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She was <laughs> also terrible in Gemini Man, and her performances are so bland. Like you said, like her character was written to be to have no personality. Yeah, to be like robotic. But then they built in this whole world of. Uh, this whole device that made her funnier and then she wasn't funny. <laughs> so it fell flat and it made me mad. Uh, her pet hyena, even though that's from the comic books, looked terrible. It didn't look good. Yeah, it was bad and it will age next by next week Yeah, <laughs> by whatever comes out. And uh, Margo and Journey, their relationship was like evolved on steroids. They're sitting at a bar and then all of a sudden they're best friends. So,
0: yeah, Rosie Perez not also not good i think actually i think she she got so much screen time that it feels like her acting performance had the most negative impact on the film just because like even though mary elizabeth winstead was bad like she was not on screen (laughs) as much (laughs) and so it didn't feel as impactful and again you bring up the hyena yes dc
1: figure out the visual effects can we talk about the showdown at the end of every single DC showdown, yes. you know, they're going to fight the bad guy. Too much CGI.
0: And always gray. Yes. Yeah. Why was that entire amusement park CGI? You yes. can't build a set. You Correct. can't build one set. Build a set. <laughs> like seriously, it's insane. The only set they the have. The entire Justice League movie is in front of a green screen and it's so obvious mm-hmm. and it looks awful.
1: And you can already see how bad it is just two years later. So yeah, it's practical effects are worth the money. Raise some more money, like 10 mil, 10 mil more dollars and you're good to go. All right. I can breathe again.
0: Okay. Let's, (sighs) let's score this thing. So this movie does fall apart when you try to pick at it, but I do think from an actual storytelling perspective, it's solid. They tell like at the end of the day, the story they tell about Harley Quinn works. And some of the other characters work as well. But this movie should have never been called Birds of Prey. It's the Harley Quinn movie. They should have been like, hey, this movie's called Harley Quinn and like, oh, there's also some Birds of Prey action going on in there. That they one, should have just left it unsaid. That would have been a good
1: title. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good
0: I think that was a better title than the current title. <laughs> um I think that, yeah, there are a lot of things that drag this movie down. It's it is a higher quality film than we're used to seeing out of DC save the Joker and wonder woman. I would say Uh, maybe Shazam, but it's got, it's flawed. It's flawed. And and I feel bad because I, I wanted it to be better than it was. And I wanted, I want Margot Robbie to be successful because she does a great job with this character. And I really like this character and I think it's good. So I hope that she gets more chances. I think it would have been really smart to do the suicide squad reboot first and then this movie because i think that people still have that suicide squad movie stuck in their brain when they see this um i mean how could you not and then it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth and you're like i don't really want to watch that character again because it's associated with that bad movie Mm. um i'm giving this a 5.9 out of 10 kernels
1: all right they did make one tiny tiny reference to the suicide squad did you catch it
0: Probably not.
1: When she's blowing up the, not blowing up, but when she's with the beanbags in the police station and she reaches over to a wanted ad and she goes,
0: I know that guy. Oh yeah, that's right.
1: It was the, is his name Jaleel? I can't remember. He was in the Die Hard franchise and he was in um, the Jack Reacher franchise.
0: Yeah. What is that guy's name?
1: He just basically looks like a a human steroid. (laughs) (laughs) He's like just a muscle. Personified. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Him. So they referenced him. That's it. That's all. Um, I think so far what we've gotten from DC, putting Joker outside of this, uh, outside of the DCEU, because it really is separate from all this stuff. I think Shazam is the best DC movie post the Dark Knight trilogy at the moment. Oh. That's what I think. Yeah. I also love Zachary Levi, so I don't know. That's just me. Um, You're
0: not considering Joker.
1: I, I, I don't want to. It's not. Nope.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Wonder Woman would be my pick, but I'm not as high on Wonder Woman as everybody else is. I will say that.
1: Yep, I'd go Shazam, Wonder Woman, and then I don't know. (laughs) This? (laughs) Maybe. Potentially. Maybe, honestly, maybe. Uh, But this one attempted to use comedy plus uh, plus the R rating to add some oomph, and it definitely did at the beginning of the film. Mm -hmm. I actually did like the beginning, um, but it just ultimately did not get there to go 4.4
0: kernels. Yeah. Um, Yeah. DC's got to figure it out. I really thought this was it. I really thought Joker was the turning of the tide and I was like, hey, you know what? They could have some really good momentum here because the Batman seems like it's going to be good. I say that very reluctantly because I think that it could still fall apart. Do you
1: want to make that your next tattoo bet? No, no, <laughs> thank you.
0: Um, the Batman seems like they're making goodish decisions there, you know, with, as far as the director and the acting and, and who they're choosing. Like I, I, trust them a bit there. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 looks, looks good. And the first Wonder woman was, was good. So I was like, man, they could ride this wave. You know, they had Joker, which was good. And then if this movie's is good, it just, it's just not. It's just not. And it's unfortunate. And I know <clears throat> it's getting better reviews than I would expect from a lot of people. I've read after I watched the movie, I read a lot of my favorite critics and was surprised that at some of their takes. But I think most people go in there expecting it to be hot garbage. And when it's like not, they're they're pleasantly surprised. And they're like, Hey, this was actually pretty good. And it is a fun movie, so Yeah. Um if you like action, go check it out for sure. It's it's fun. And and I think it's worth watching just because Margot Robbie does such a great job. So, I mean, I, I did not at all leave the theater. Like I wish I hadn't seen this movie. Same. I felt very much like, man, what a missed opportunity. Don't you get so angry at the potential? I do. I do do because I love DC comics. I love reading DC comics. They're still, they are still to this day, better written than Marvel comics. They just are. And DC has so many good characters and so many good villains. And it's like, Please pull it together! I'm begging you. You're killing my favorite superheroes. Like, ah, uh, mm-hmm. it's it it's frustrating. It is because I love these guys, and they have such good source material. Like, make a good movie. Like Marvel's out here taking not as good source material and making it better. Yeah, and like doing amazing, amazing things. And I actually, um, my other thing was, I think DC should stay in the R rating. I think that's their wheelhouse. Yeah. They can, dif- they can be totally differentiated from Marvel that way. You can make money that way, as we saw with Joker. I think maybe hang out there and, and do the R rating thing. It, it could work. Yeah, play it out for a little while. Yeah, so I don't know. R rated Batman would be sweet. It would be. I'm, I'd be all over that. If they decide to rate this movie, this Batman movie R, which they won't because they like money and they want people to go see it. But if they did, if they had the guts... I would be so here for it. Please do it. Yeah. Um, All right. That's our review. If you saw Birds of Prey this weekend, please hit us up. We are dying to talk about it. Um, Not that many people did see it, so we haven't got to talk to that many people about it, except for all of you. Um, So please hit us up. Now we're doing schoolyard pick. Schoolyard pick. And in true schoolyard pick fashion, we've picked something exceptionally dumb. We're going to do the schoolyard pick of birds.
1: As in birds of prey?
0: No, birds. Oh, okay. I mean like, yes, we picked it because of birds of prey, but not not specifically birds of prey.
1: What if what if I completely misunderstood you earlier and I was like, well yeah, I'll just pick the characters of this movie. Oh no. <laughs> I did, did not. Okay. No.
0: Did you pick fictional birds?
1: Oh yeah. Okay, good. I have real birds and fictional birds. I do too.
0: I do too. It will be hard to like kind of decide like which one do I pick first, the the fictional bird or the real bird. Mm-hmm. But you actually get to pick first, so I'm gonna I'm gonna like see this play out a little bit.
1: Okay, okay. So I have to um, put a footnote in here that my son Asher was. I told him I said, "Hey, I just need like five minutes. I got to pick some birds real quick." Yeah. And he said, "Well, I want to help." Sure. I said, "Please." Uh, he has a vast knowledge of birds, my right. six year old son. So uh, if I do say one of his in my picks, I will have to credit him.
0: Sounds good. I'm gonna start. By so not- you cheated, but that's okay. <laughs> I had a partner. <laughs> I'm going to start
1: by doing one of my own. Okay. I'm going to pick the hummingbird. Oh. Because the hummingbird is the only bird that can fly backwards. Is that true? I think it's mostly true. Wow. (laughs) Pretty cool, right? Uh, I mean, that
0: is cool, if true. Big if true, Kirk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty, pretty sure that there's some movie made in the 90s that exploited that fact to let children know about birds. Okay. Hummingbird my pick.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's a that's one way to go on your your number one pick. <laughs> For my number one pick, I'm going with the peregrine falcon. <laughs> what? You don't know about the peregrine falcon, Kirk? No. <laughs> oh, Kirk. How could you come to schoolyard pick of birds and not know about the peregrine falcon?
1: All I know is it sounds like your falcon could eat my hummingbird.
0: Oh, my falcon would destroy your hummingbird. Not e- only that.
1: Except he's going to fly backwards and escape your, your talons and your beak.
0: It's unlikely, and here's here's why. Dang no. it. Unless you can fly backwards at 200 miles per hour like the peregrine falcon.
1: Let me Let me think real quick. Uh, no 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 i can't
0: the peregrine falcon is the most aerodynamic animal on the planet it goes up to extreme heights and then it turns its body down tucks its wings in and launches itself like a missile towards the ground at 200 miles an hour okay that is sick (laughs) and that's my first pick without question
1: i just want to say that I literally picked these in five minutes.
0: It sounds like you've been. You're in for a world of hurt, Kirk.
1: Sounds like you've been studying birds for a decade, waiting for this moment. I was like, "Oh, hey,
0: I don't know. What do you think? Like uh, top schoolyard pick of birds or something?"
1: Oh my gosh! (laughs) Just
0: totally hustled you. Okay, next pick.
1: Uh, uh, you know, um, let's go with let's go with one of one of my son's picks. Uh, Um. Iago from oh, Aladdin. I
0: have that on my list.
1: Crap. Credit to Asher, it's my six-year-old son. Um, Gilbert Gottfried right there uh, for the win. You, your Falcon would run away at 200 miles per hour when he starts yelling at you in that voice. It's true.
0: Yeah. Iago is the smartest character in that movie. Right? I mean, It's not close.
1: Iago, based off of Iago from the Shakespearean Othello of the same name Iago not Aladdin has no no relation but Iago does and he's a conniving little snot so
0: you feel kind of bad for Iago because think well think of what he could do if he were not trapped in a bird's body he's very intelligent actually
1: he's very way more
0: intelligent than Jafar who feigns intelligence you know
1: His vanity is his character flaw, his Mm. character foil.
0: True, true. Okay, good pick, Iago. I'm marking off my list. Um, Let's see. Oh, so many options. I am going to go with the Emperor Penguin. Mm -hmm. Because the Emperor Penguins made fatherhood cool before fatherhood was cool. You know, you know, there's like PSAs that say, take time to be a dad today. You don't have to teach. You don't have to tell the emperor penguin to be a dad. <laughs> those guys are straight dad and horde every day. They are the ones who carry the egg.
1: That's right. They,
0: they put it under a flap of blubber over yeah. their feet and they get in a big circle and they huddle around for warmth <laughs> and they do this because their life partner, their life partner, cause mm-hmm. they mate for life. Um, they do it as to sacrifice for them. And they carry that child to full term until it hatches.
1: What's what's it called? What kind of penguin is it again?
0: It's an emperor penguin. So
1: the moral of the story is be an emperor penguin. All guys out there.
0: That's right. Be Take time to be an emperor penguin today is what those what those PSA should say. And oh, okay. It should be Morgan Freeman's voice. Oh, because yes, he, please. Because he did the movie, March of the Penguins. March of the Penguins. Which was about the emperor penguin. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what they do. They hold a big giant egg. They have to walk with their feet like... Really close together, so they can keep the egg on top. It's really remarkable. Wow, that's what I'm going. They also can grow really tall. They're the biggest penguins in the world. So
1: that's pretty cool.
0: They can grow like five feet tall or something. It's pretty insane.
1: Um, yeah my my bird <laughs> choices um are just terrible. Well, are just terrible. <laughs> well, <laughs> are just ter- mine. Sorry about you. Not Asher's, but mine. Asher did a good job. Iago really was job. a great pick. It was. Uh, I'm just gonna go keep going strong with his picks. We're gonna go Zazu from the Lion King. Ah. Uh, that's i've good. got a lovely box of coconuts, diddly, diddly uh zazu he can talk himself out of any 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 situation he almost died like six times in the Lion king true. sometimes by accident sometimes because he was targeted uh but don't let that little don't let that little guy fool you because he is the brains of the conniving and the uh he's like the filibuster of the lion kingdom mm. he's gonna he's gonna wear you down
0: that's that's it's true. he's worthwhile and
1: then he's going to sneak away when you least expect it he's going to distract you zazu it's a good pick i have no fact actual
0: facts (laughs) no you're just making it up as you go i respect it though (laughs) i respect the hustle it's good um i am going with the raven yes little known fact ravens are among the smartest animals in the world I'm not talking smartest birds. They're way beyond that. Mm. Ravens and crows, they're next level. They're like monkey dolphin smart. Okay. They're like almost as smart as humans. Ravens can migrate and come back to the same bush a year later. What? Yes, that's right. They also are one of the they are the only animal on the planet who can pre-plan tasks for the day. So I once read a story when I was in Alaska, um, on my honeymoon, there was a guy, I didn't read the story. I was told this story by a a local who said that, I want to meet that guy, this guy, um, threw a rock at this, um, what do they call ravens? It's not, it's a murder of crows, but it's something of ravens.
1: Well, you are the ornithologist in this room. (laughs) (laughs) I can't
0: remember, but anyway, this guy threw a rock at a bunch of ravens. And uh, because they were outside making a bunch of noise, you know, as ravens are wont to do. Uh And uh, the ravens kept coming back at the same time each day whenever he left for work and making noise, mocking him. They were able to pre-plan. They knew which time to be there. What? They also, one more raven factoid for you. (laughs) (laughs) Scientists were able to take ravens, give them a tool that made their life easier. So, like, they would give them something and say, like, here's how you open this thing to get food out with this tool and they would show the raven how to do it shut up and then the raven would come back the next day and do it on its own no it'd be like oh yep here's that tool that i used to get food yeah they're geniuses oh my gosh. <laughs> and that's why alfred hitchcock's the birds not that far-fetched if the ravens decided to turn on us one day it'd be game over just keep that in mind
1: i knew someone in college who was absolutely terrified of birds like a- just everyone bird. should
0: be a little bit scared
1: mm-hmm like I'm terrified of a flock of birds Like if they come at me like overhead because I don't want to be pooped on. Oh, for sure. But she was terrified because of the bird. She's like, they're going to eat me. They're going to scratch my face, and I'm going to die. She
0: must have watched that movie when she was really young. I think she did. Yeah. 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 It um, doesn't hold up. It looks really bad now, but. I, I still haven't watched it all the way through. Oh, the birds? I've, I've Man, I showed Jackie the birds a couple of years ago, and she was like, this is horrible. I was <laughs> like, no, this is awesome.
1: I got to watch it. I've never, I've seen like, you know, 20% of it, which is not enough at all. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming soon. All right. Um, Here's my next terrible pick. Number four. I hope this is my fourth pick.
0: It's your fourth pick.
1: <laughs> because, uh, yeah. I'm going to go with the
0: owl. Mm. Did you? Any specific owl?
1: Did you know? Just Owls. <laughs> Did you know, Cameron, that owls are nocturnal? I did. Nocturnal means that you sleep in the daytime that's and right. you frolic about and get your food the nighttime. Yes, you're a. That's why they say night owl, Cameron.
0: Mm, very good.
1: I wanted to give you some good facts. Any other sure owl facts? They can be lots of different colors. Like in Harry Potter, he, he's white,
0: but in other snowy owl yep.
1: parts of Harry Potter, they're brown or gray. Sure. I think there might even be an orange owl.
0: <laughs> Any other facts for you, Kirk? <laughs> no. Do you know that owls actually aren't smart? That they're really dumb? I did know that. Because their eyes take up most of their skull and they don't have room for a very big brain. Do you know that?
1: Yeah, so all the wise owls are completely false. That's right.
0: It's like a, it's an ironic thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's your fourth pick.
1: That's my fourth, thank goodness.
0: <laughs> my fourth pick. Mm. Some tough choices here. I'm going to stick with all real birds because I've got a lot of real birds. Hmm. I'm going to go with the cassowary.
1: Once again, one more time. Cassowary.
0: All right, cool. It is a flightless bird. It's related to the emu and the ostrich. It lives in New Zealand. It looks like a turkey, effectively. It's like a black turkey with, like, blue feathers on its head. These things, what's interesting about them, they are not aggressive by nature, okay? They're not but if you try to punk one of these guys they'll straight murk you okay they can run up to 30 miles per hour they're flightless remember so they have to run they can run up to 30 miles an hour and they can kill their aggressors with their sharp claws so they run at you they jump and they stab you with their sharp claws so don't mess with the cassowary that's what i like about it it's like it keeps to itself you know it's like don't don't mess with me i'm not messing with anybody I have the potential to kill lots of things, but I'm just, like, living my my, my life, you know, just being chill. Mm-hmm. But if you try to mess with it, it's going to stand up for itself.
1: Is there in New Zealand?
0: I believe so. Okay, I'm just going to
1: add that to places never to visit. you got to
0: watch out for the cassowary. They'll get you.
1: Sorry, Taika. I'm not going to your homeland. I cannot deal with that. It's kind of like those, like, uh, not at all the similar, but those giant spiders that are, like, eight feet long. Oh,
0: the bird-eating spiders? Yeah, I'm
1: not going wherever that is.
0: That... Yeah,
1: I can't do it unless I have like a trained one, and I go to New Zealand, and that thing starts coming at me, and I throw my bird eating spider in its face.
0: It'll kill it. Well, when it least... says when it says bird eating spider, it's not talking about a cassowary. That thing will straight kill you.
1: At least it's not eating me. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it behind as a sacrifice. <laughs> Number five. <clears throat> How about the the scuttle from Little Mermaid? boo
0: <laughs> that's a terrible pick <laughs> scuttle sucks because the
1: because the rest of my birds have been outstanding choices
0: <laughs> scuttle is the worst animated bird you've chosen though big time
1: however if you think about the little mermaid ride and you see scuttle at the end of it at disney world it's just kind of like oh there's scuttle there he is look at him yeah
0: i mean he's cute because he's so stupid you're like look how dumb scuttle is
1: well i identify greatly with <laughs>
0: <laughs> with He's like calling things dinglehoppers. He like acts like he knows what things are and he doesn't. And <laughs> I don't I don't know, man.
1: I just I just wanted to get through my list because I was obviously very unprepared. <laughs>
0: well, great pick.
1: Is this payback cuz I did so well on the Oscar versus?
0: <laughs> Though I have to say, that game must be easier than it actually is because Jackie listened to it with me and got every single one right. She was, like, saying wow. that before you did and got all of them. I'm like, what? How? <laughs> this is stupid. Like, why is everybody so good at this game? Mm. I don't get it. I've listened back to it, like, four times. And I'm like, I don't understand how you hear these words and you're like, yeah.
1: Oscar. Oscar. Award.
0: Yeah. I'm like, what? Based on what?
1: Based on knowledge. Yeah. Well,
0: anyway, maybe this is payback for that. What I, I just prepared, you know. We said we're doing the square pick of birds. I was like, I'm going to go learn some bird facts. I forgive you. Okay, last one. Tough choice here. Tough choice. I'm gonna go with a California condor.
1: Mm-hmm. And that may
0: seem like an odd choice because condors are absolutely hideous in every way. They're some of the ugliest birds
1: looking it up right now on this
0: planet. They're so so ugly. But the condor is the largest bird in North America. Flying bird. It That's has a cool. wingspan of up to ten feet. And what what I really like about the condor is that it's one of the great success stories of conservationism. Because in 1982, there were only 23 living condors in the United States of America. They were big time endangered. They were about to go extinct. But the United States Department of Conservation of Wildlife, I think that's the name, um, they they rounded these guys up and tagged them all and tracked them and made sure they were healthy and mating. Now there are roughly 410 condors.
1: From twenty-three? Yeah, that's right. Dude, no one these things are, are absolutely hideous. They look like they have diseases on their faces. Yeah, they are
0: so ugly. But oh. I'm sure they serve an ecological purpose. And they certainly don't deserve to be extinct. Oh. It's so ugly. So so good job. Good job to the condors. Keep doing your thing, Condors. 410, let's make it 800 in the next 10 years.
1: Bringing it back to movies, I th- I th- I th- I can only think of um, 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 Three Days of the Condor with um, Robert Redford. Yes. Great film. Great spy, espionage, pol- political film. It's so fantastic. And I'm like, why? Why that? I mean, that was his code name. They didn't have anything to do with this nasty looking bird. Sure,
0: but... Why not another bird like the eagle? Condors are American, Kirk.
1: That's true. Yeah, it was, a, and it was an American movie. Yeah,
0: that's right. Condors are American.
1: Guys, whatever you're doing, look this up right now and look how ugly this bird
0: is. It's the it's they just made the um, Los Angeles Clippers mascot a condor. It's Chuck the Condor. Oh no! And he's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, and everybody hates him. But I think I think maybe people might be coming around on it. But I know that when they first intro'd Chuck the Condor. Like he was booed heavily by the crowd. They were like, "Boo, Chuck!" He wears Chuck Taylors, which is kind of kind of cute. That's fun. He himself he's ugly because they tried to make a condor cute, and it's probably as cute as condors get. But he's still very ugly.
1: If I were ever to find myself in a situation that I was going to that game. I would print out a giant life-size picture of what it really should look like and stand behind him.
0: Yeah, and be like, really, Chuck? Yeah. Stop perpetrating. You sit on a throne of lies, Chuck. (laughs) This is who you are. Um, Can I do my honorable mentions? Yes. I have more birds. Uh, The Philippine Eagle. It's the longest flying bird in the world. It's three feet long, head to tail. And it eats monkeys, (laughs) Kirk. no. Yes. It does. Stop. It eats monkeys. I don't know why I didn't choose that. That's an amazing bird.
1: That should have been top of your list.
0: Um, bald eagle because America. America. And also bald eagles do this really cool thing. I, I witnessed this in person in Alaska. It was horrifying. Where they um, charge at each other full speed and then lock claws and spiral down to they're about to hit the ground and then release. It's like a territorial battle thing. I don't know. It's, it's nuts. Yeesh. And it's loud and there's feathers and it's crazy. I don't know. It's wild times. Um then I had a bunch of fictional birds. Hedwig, Mm -hmm. Zapdos from Pokemon. Okay. okay. Big electrical bird guy. Yeah. Tweety Bird, because Tweety Bird's always trolling Sylvester.
1: Excellent choice.
0: Tweety Bird's a total jerk, but it's pretty funny how uh he's always trolling Sylvester. Mm -hmm. And then I picked the giant golden crown flying fox, which is actually a bat, but bats are basically birds, so (laughs) picked a bat. And it's the biggest bat in the world. The giant golden crowned flying fox is the biggest bat in the world. Is that
1: the one, like the famous video where there's a guy with a giant like popcorn bowl trying to catch that in his house?
0: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs>
1: Maybe it's bigger. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. I hate uh, bats.
0: Yeah, so that's schoolyard Pick of Birds. If we missed any birds, which <laughs> I highly doubt. I had a pretty substantial list there. But if we did, let us know. We yep. want to know your favorite birds, and you can just roast Kirk's bird picks because they were so weak.
1: They were, they were terrible. You should
0: be ashamed of yourself.
1: You know, I'm not though. Like it was, uh, I felt. Um um weaker to your bird knowledge but <laughs> i feel like that's okay not to have that skill now
0: you're just making me look like a bully and that's not
1: fair, no no right? not a bully no i i think you should revel in your bird knowledge and i will revel in
0: you know what everyone's got their thing and your thing <laughs> is <bird laughs> my, my thing is being able to google birds in 30 minutes <laughs> before we record that's oh, my thing oh, great job okay that's a wrap on this episode thank you so much for listening we hope you liked it. If you did like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review on wherever you're listening. We would very much appreciate it. Um, subscribe, download. Honestly, you guys do so much to help us, but the best thing you can do, it's not money. It's just liking, sharing, leaving reviews, simple stuff that you can do. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it if you would consider doing so.
1: Fun fact, we recently like checked out like our scores on how we rate in the iTunes top charts and we keep, like, coming up and down the charts of the top, like, 200. So, like, at one point we were actually 35 on film reviews wow, category. that's great. And that's for you guys. Yeah, amazing so. job.
0: Thank you so much for supporting us. I know we had a few Friday episodes there, so if you didn't get a chance to listen to those, um, swing back and listen because we had some good stuff there for you. Uh, so we reviewed some Best Picture-nominated films. And that is a wrap. We will see you guys. Next week, after I give props to Ryan Spriggs, who helps us produce this podcast, and Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed, who composed our awesome, awesome theme music, we will see you guys next time. Talk to you then! Stop it. (laughs) a bird is that it's like a phone <laughs> <laughs> um yeah <laughs> i think that's good Stup- i think we have enough to work with there <laughs> How about?
1: oh i like that one it's like kind of like a dinosaur but it's like an eagle too (laughs)